Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal, presented by 910 Coastal BBQ. Stay smoking, baby. Uh, this week, we have a friend of the program, a loyal listener, one of my good buddies. So I got to spend some time with uh, this past Saturday at our mutual friend's wedding. Uh, Jaymont, Jordan Montgomery, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thanks for joining us. And as always, I have my co-host, Brett Gall. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Another week. It's going to be hard to top last week's, though. Last weekend's. <laughs> yeah, week week six was a doozy. Um, so both of you, what's your takes? We're uh, we're over the hump uh, through the season, week seven, so we're on the back end. Like, how do you how do you feel about this college football season? Jim, you want to go first? Um, sure. I'll keep mine short and sweet. Um, I think this college football season is one that's different. Um, it's obviously the first. I mean, we're still in COVID, but I would call it the post-COVID season. And um, the teams that we're used to dominating, um, they're not quite there. Uh, I want to say they're not quite there, but they're taking some losses that we're not expecting them to take. Um, that's my take on it so far. What about you two? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, the, the powerhouses like Clemson, Bama, I mean, even Notre Dame, I mean, who else? I mean, Georgia's playing good ball, but like Clemson and Bama, we know Clemson's beatable because they've already lost two games. Bama, we saw this past weekend that they're beatable as well. And then Georgia is now the really the lone kind of maybe great team left in college football. But I think anybody is beatable this year, and that's what's making it a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I think what, we're, what we've done to this point in the season has been tremendous. Brett, 20 and 16 on the season, myself, 25 and 19. When everything is chaos every week, some big dominoes falling, it's hard to find trends, it's hard to bet on the same teams just when you think you know them, it goes left. You got to correct for that, account for it. Two winning records is like winning overall for the syndicate. I'm very impressed with uh, what we've been uh, giving our, our, our listeners, Brett. Because this this is tough. This is the toughest year I think I've ever had. Yeah, oh yeah. It definitely started off slow for me, but I think the last couple of weeks I finally got a little better now. So especially last week, which when you go over the picks, the, the viewers will see that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go over the picks. And before we get into it, I always just want to say thank you to our loyal listeners. Our show is growing tremendously every week. We're getting more listens in more states. We have friends telling people about it on their social media. Keep spreading the word to try to win. You got some money because, I mean, when it all comes down to it, it's a fun hobby. It's a great thing to do. And if you can profit a little bit off of it, you know, why not? All right. So let's go ahead, hop in to recap last week. Brett, the leader in the clubhouse. Four and two overall in the week. Very, very solid, sir. His wins were Georgia laying 15 and a half, Nebraska plus three and a half, Baylor minus two and a half, and then Kentucky laying three, also hit. His two misses were Bama laying 18 and all Miss laying five and a half. So within those picks, it was some really, really tight games and, you know, again, chaotic games of how you got to that four and two. But go ahead and uh, talk us through it. Yeah, so fade West Virginia the rest of the year. I mean, it's really that simple. We we suck. Our offense is brutal. Our defense doesn't doesn't care anymore. The Bama game, I mean, that one was just total shocker. Has off to Texas staying in because they played their hearts out, and we saw that Bama was beatable. 
I got back. I got covered late in the Arkansas game. They were ahead by what seven, I think, and um, their Ole Miss was ahead by seven. And Arkansas scored a like a touchdown with one second left, and then went to, from two and didn't make it. But yeah, overall a good week. One week that I'm pretty proud of. I mean, the Michigan game was close. I got lucky with that one, but Nebraska probably should have won that game anyway. That they didn't fumble with like two minutes left. So, yeah, overall pretty happy with my week. Probably my best week yet. No, it, it was very good. What do you think about Adrian Martinez? I mean, he just he is what he is right now. I mean, like I said, I if he didn't fumble the ball, I think I think Nebraska would have won that. They were driving, they were down. I think to the 25, 30 yard line of Michigan. And all they had to do was just run the clock out and maybe score, kick a field goal, or maybe even try to score. But when he fumbled down there, all Michigan had to do was go back. So, yeah, that, that game was a tough game to swallow. I mean, Nebraska has been so close the last few games, too. Yeah. Nope. That's for Daniel Shirt. Um, so, I also had this pick that missed. So, let's go ahead and uh, talk about it. Uh, Bama, Texas a and I didn't see most of it because – you know, of course, I was at a wedding in the 3.30 game. The wedding started at 4.30. So between getting it on my phone, like, when I could and in between pictures, I, I saw A&M got up early and just never let the lead go. Um, how did it look like actually watching the full game? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with Bama's defense right now, I think. I mean, the quarterback for A&M, he just – I mean, I think he was 10 for 11 at one. I mean, the Bama defense that we're used to seeing that just dominates is not doing so right now. I mean, the Bama offense is good. I think we know that. Bryce Young is still a stud. He's only a freshman. So, but, yeah, the, the defense has a lot of work to do. And then typical Bama fans, right after the game, they're calling for, like, Saban's head, right? I mean, they're just so spoiled. Yeah, that's a tough life to be a Bama fan. So, yeah. Looking at my slate, uh, again, two and five on the week. My misses were Bama in 18 in College Station. Texas plus three and a half did not hit. Chapel Hill laying 17 and a half did not hit. Bama first half did not hit. My beloved Bama first half did not hit. And then Florida first half laying 24 did not hit. My two makes were Georgia laying 15 and a half. And the Vols up on Rocky Top got it done for me, laying 10 and a half. They 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 look pretty good. So let, let me let me talk about my misses first. Yeah, Bama, talk Bama. about Carolina, and then please talk also talk about. I mean, just and then Bama as well. Okay, so Chapel Hill, it 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 took a lot for me to lay those points. They lost to the worst team in the ACC. Not only did they not cover, they lost outright to the worst team in the ACC. Florida State may not win another game this year, but they somehow found a way to beat Chapel Hill in that comforting-ass baby blue soft stadium. Everything is wrong with the Tar Heels. Sam Howell, his receivers, way overrated. And then Matt Brown coming in saying that it's the media's fault. They got it wrong for for ranking them so high. Of course you were freaking overrated. And, you know, my, my season win total under 10 wins hit. There's no way I should have hit against Florida State. Talk about playing good at home. I'm eating my words last week. Uh, I, uh, I can't wait 
till Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday, when they go to Raleigh, because I'm going to have a damn take on this show. Travel Hills is so bad. Uh, again, Bama folded first half. The game, you know, it happens. It's hard to stay on top. Florida first half minus 24. Probably shouldn't have hopped on that with Trevor. He made it sound real good. <laughs> and it, 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 Texas, it, what about what a terrible back cover for you right there, back door. And this, this, this is why I say this one for last. This hurt me the most out of everything because dude, Texas – Actually, everything I said last week, them being more physical, playing harder, they actually did. They just cannot close a damn game. Like, it is ridiculous. They were up by so many points. Oklahoma comes back to tie it, give or take. They they come back to tie it, whatever. I'm cool with it. I got the hook, three and a half. Oklahoma's going to drive the ball, go down, kick a field goal, win the game. I'm cool with it. They're still going to cover it. No, 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 no. Texas had other plans. Texas wanted to just let the man run free, not shed blocks, not attempt tackles in, just let him walk into the dang on end zone. Like, I was so content. Okay, they'll cover. Cool. Let's go. Let's go get Justin married. No, no, no. I had to uh, take a loss to the altar with me, uh, with my boy. Yeah, I mean, I think think we have to mention that game. Caleb Williams coming in, too, for – uh, Spencer Rattler that has quite frankly not been good this year which I mean I'm surprised his name's not in the transfer portal yet because you know it's going to be soon but I mean his job is done it's Williams team now so the end of an error for Spencer Rattler I assume there yeah they're there uh, I mean Lincoln Riley can't put him back in as a starting role this year I, I don't think I think he's already kind of a head case and kind of like hit on that before. Yeah, yeah. He, he He's completely done now. Yeah, I agree. There's probably coaches already um, talking to him when they shouldn't be. But, yeah, he'll end up somewhere next year and hopefully he does better. But, I mean, he just couldn't. Oklahoma has such a high standard for quarterback and he, he's just not a guy. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, again, I was 2-5 and five last week, 25-19 and 19 on the season, still holding positive. Brett four and two, 20 and 16 on the season. And Trevor, you don't get off the hook that easy. Trevor, our guest picker last week, he he always says whenever he comes on this show, just hate him because it's usually the way to go. And it actually held true. If you went against Trevor every pick last week, you would have been five and one because yes, he was one in five. His one win, uh, me, him, and Brett also aligned with uh, Georgia and Lane 15 and a half. He missed Bama Land 18, Bama first half minus 11. He was on the other side of Brett with Michigan uh, Land three and a half tight game, but I mean, it missed. Mizzou did not cover against North Texas, 19 points, flat out. <laughs> and then Florida first half Land 24, that didn't hit either against Vanderbilt. But also, one thing about that Florida, that Florida first half. Like, within three minutes out of halftime, they had scored, like, 14 points. Yeah. Like we, just, we just needed, like, three minutes to get that, but it was a little too late. Um, also, good news. So, now on a Coastal Barbecue, the smoking hot pick of the week is back on the right side. They hit Georgia 15 and a half last week. So, that brings them to, I believe, two and three this season. So, um they got another one for you tonight. Uh, hopefully it hits. Um, let's go ahead, Brett. We've been talking a lot. So, Jay, yeah, yeah. 
you're a you're a pretty big gambler uh, by all means. You gamble college, NFL. You do a little bit of everything. So uh, go ahead and talk to us about your gambling this year overall before we actually get into the locks. Oh man! All right, uh, gambling is gambling. I think anybody that uh, puts picks in, you know how this goes. Um, one week you can have an amazing week, and the next week you could wish you were back at last week. Um, just like Marcus said, I, I definitely, you know, did want to have a little bit of everything. Um, college football and college basketball, excuse me, college football and NFL are definitely my favorite. Um, but between the last week, um, last couple of weeks, I've been hitting on a lot of prop bets. Um, I do want to just take a second to just talk about the one on Monday, man. It was crazy. Um, I picked Marquise Brown, um, a Hollywood Brown over um, receptions as well as yards. This man had zero targets at halftime, <laughs> zero targets at halftime. So I text my group chat. I told everybody, take this tonight, man. Take it. I guarantee it. Take it. I text them. Hey, y'all, I'm a dead man walking. Um, I want to say the first drive coming out of um, halftime, he catches like two or three passes. And one of them is like for 45 yards. He ends up with nine catches for 125 yards, but that was just crazy to me um, in that one half. But, yeah, just I know this isn't an NFL pod, but just want to take a second to um, just say that I do dibble and dab a little bit of it all. Nice. Yeah, the, those, this, what was it, uh, Jamar Chase, his, uh, his receiving yards, you've been hammering those two, and uh, I've been seeing those. I like them. I like them. <laughs> yes, sir. That was a crazy game, too. The Bengals and the uh, Packers was a wild game. Dude, yet. Talk about the field goal kickers. <laughs> like a dare. <laughs> you, you can give me half of their game check, and I promise I'm making those field goals. I, I agree. I mean, that was bad. Dang, that's not like Crosby. Crosby's usually money. No. no. I mean, he, the fact that he missed like three or whatever in a span of like – whatever it was, and then somehow. Well, the funny thing was, was McPherson for the Bengals thought he made his. He was all cheering and everything and hugging his teammates, and then he found out he missed it. And, of course, the Packers ended up winning. But, yeah, that was a crazy game. Yep, crazy. crazy game. Okay, well, as always, Jamont, we always let our guests go first. So you have the honors on the tee box. Go ahead and give us your first play for week seven, college football locks. All right, so I'm going to start off with a noon kickoff. Um, we're going to be down here in Baton Rouge. We're going to do Florida minus 11 versus LSU. Um, I really like this because LSU is going to be without their key player, um, Kayshawn Boutte, their wide receiver. He has about 275, almost 300 more yards than any other receiver on the team. And just him being out, you know, that, that's big. Um, I also think this is a game where Florida has a bad taste in their mouth. They have a bad taste in their mouth, not only for last year, but the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. If you remember last year, um, Kyle Trash, they were ranked seven playing at home, excuse me, six playing at home and lost by three. Um, <laughs> like, and that's, you know, that's something that you don't forget. I'm pretty sure that Dan Mullen's going to have those boys fired up. They haven't beaten LSU since 2018. And haven't won at LSU since 2016. Um, I think this is just kind of the year for them. They've already lost to Alabama and already lost to 
um, Kentucky. They have LSU in front of them with a bye, then they play Georgia. If they want any chance at a decent bowl game, I feel like they not only have to win, but they have to cover this 11 points. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, this is a bad LSU team right now, too. Do you remember that game last year? That's the game. The shoe the, game. Uh, yeah, the, the Florida. Yeah. <laughs> threw the shoe and got penalized. <laughs> Joel was at that game, too, our Florida fan. But, yeah, I, I think Ed, Ed Orgeron's in trouble. He really is. I think he's done after. I mean, you look at the rest of their schedule. I don't have it pulled up right now. But if you look at the rest of their schedule, they're in trouble. Yeah, it, it's tough. And we talked about it a, a couple – I think it might have been last week or the week before. So, after Florida, they have Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Louisiana, Monroe, and Texas a and Yeah, that, that, they're in trouble. The murderous row. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that pick. Brett, any play on this game? I'm not playing it, but I, I do like the pick. All right. No, I, I like it too. Uh, after Florida burned me against Vandy first half and the week before that in Kentucky, I'm not trusting Florida to hold water. So uh, good luck to you, Jamon. I hope the Gators cover for you, if not for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Brett, you up. All right. I'm hopping back on the Arkansas bandwagon. Woo-pig, I like Arkansas minus four and a half versus Auburn. Obviously, Arkansas has had a last two tough weeks getting smoked by Georgia and then losing a heartbreaker to Ole Miss last weekend where they went for two and didn't get it. But I think they're going to bounce back against Auburn. I think they're, they're playing good football right now. They've just had some unlucky mistakes, a lucky fortune. And Auburn is actually playing well right now, but I just like Arkansas right now at home to take care of Auburn. So give me Arkansas covering the four and a half. Cool. Jaymont, you got to play on that game? Um, I do not. Um, I'm going to have to do my research on that. I'll definitely go back and not only listen to the pod, but do my research. I, I might Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to follow everything both of you say. I'm going to follow them separately. So, Marcus, I'm going to follow you on a parlay. And, Brett, I'm going to follow you on a parlay. So, yes, uh, I will be playing uh, it this week. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, go, good luck in your personal betting, and I hope that parlay hits. All right. Yeah. So, I'm up next. I'm going to keep us in the SEC for now. You know, last week, as soon as we woke up, we heard that Conway Twitty. We heard the banjos playing. Hound dogs are up in the house. It was a good day for Rocky Top. Not so fast this week. Not so fast this week. As much as I like Tennessee and, you know, what they've done lately, especially with Hendon Hooker, the Virginia Tech transfer, you know, I want nothing but the best for him because I really feel like Fuente just couldn't commit to him at VP, although I always thought he was a better quarterback, better than Burmeister. Um, I think they're riding a little high, and I think they're about to run up against just a team that has a little bit more talent and maybe has a little bit better scheme, offensive and defensively. Um, the lane train's coming back in. I think Lane's going to come in there with two middle fingers up, not take the foot off the gas. So with Ole Miss, the line opened at three. It's now two and a half. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Reds, uh, laying two and a half against the Vols. And also – I'm going to take the under for this game. So I got a two-for-one special right here. The over is 82 and a half points. And that's just a lot of daggum points to be laying. Tennessee's offenses look good the, the, the past few weeks. Ole Miss looked really good against Arkansas. 
but I kind of see this being more of like an Ole Miss 42, Tennessee 28, or like a mid-30s, you know, kind of battle. I don't see 82 here. 82 is a lot for any two teams to clear, and I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to what both teams, like, have been showing the last couple of weeks. And I just think it has to, like, come back down to the average eventually. So I'm locking up Ole Miss minus two and a half, and then Tennessee Ole Miss under 82 and a half points for the game. Yeah, this, this is one of the games I went back and forth on. I, I wanted to pick this one so bad. I wanted to take Ole Miss in this, but Tennessee's playing good ball right now. And I think this is going to be their first, like, huge test during this win streak. But I wanted to go Ole Miss on this, but I, just, I couldn't get myself to do it. But I, if I was to lean one away, I would go Ole Miss for sure. I love that second pick there, that under um, – I agree a million percent. You know, the last couple of weeks I know they've put up some points, but I don't see that always continuing to happen, especially with an SEC matchup. Um, 82 is definitely a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, I like the under two. All right, Jaymont, you up. All right. So, um, again, I'll stay for a noon kickoff. This is going to be Big Ten. Um, Michigan State. I like Michigan State minus five versus Indiana. Um, another bad taste kind of game here, as I spoke about my last pick. Um, it was a weird year last year, but um, Michigan State lost 24-0 last year to Indiana. Um, this is their time. You know, they, they have Kenneth Walker, who is running that rock amazingly right now. He has nine touchdowns while Indiana's quarterback, he only has four. He has four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, just that right there alone to me, that's big. Um, I'm also looking at who, who's left on their schedule. They still have Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State left. This is Michigan State I'm referring to. They still have Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State left. Go ahead and get your wins now because we, we don't know if you're going to get them later. Um, I've been riding with Michigan State. I really love – I got a lot of love for Kenneth Walker, even though he left Wake Forest. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to rock with those boys. All right. I can get you four and a half, even better. Four and a half. I like that as well. Of course. Minus 4.5. Go, Sparty. Yeah. yeah I, this was another game I went back and forth on, but I kind of, in a way, I feel like this is kind of a little trap game for Michigan State, in a way. Even though Indiana, they have preseason hype, and they have not. After the beating to Iowa the first week, they just have not lived up to it. Especially Michael Penix Jr. has not played about the quarterback position, but I don't know. I kind of have a little feeling this could be a trap game for them, but I wanted to go Michigan State to cover as well. But I just – I don't want to pick this game. I was scared too. Yeah, I think a 7-0 Michigan State sounds pretty cool. And also my season win total over five-and-a-half hit last week, 6-0, and baby. Who saw that coming? And, Nobody. And to Brett's point, to your point, Brett, I will say, and this has been very transparent, I am worried about Michigan State having a bye next week, I believe. Yeah. Um, if they're looking forward to that, I can definitely see this being a trap game. But if they go in there and take care of business like they, they're supposed to, go ahead and get your win now because it's going to get rough coming up. Yeah, I agree. All right, Brett, you up, my man. 
All right, Marcus, you're not going to like this one. And I do apologize it, but we know NC State, and we know how they always have the state game. So with that being said, this is a Boston College team that is it's played pretty well this year, even though they lost a quarterback earlier this season. But you would think after coming off a bye, this would be state. They've had a lot of time to prepare for this, but state always has that one game every single year. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be maybe this, this, this game right here. So I'm taking Boston college to cover the three points against NC state. We're not going to see NC state for a couple of weeks here at Carter family, just because we have the state fair that starts on Wednesday. I think this week, or this start today. It might start today, but so they're not going to be home for a couple of weeks. And I just, I don't know, I get this bad feeling that this is kind of one of those games where it's a trap game for State. They're coming off a bye. They might come out a little sloppy. So I'm taking Boston College to cover the three. Yeah, I will hate it. Wolfpack on Wolfpack sometime or another. So uh, why not yeah. up in Chestnut Hill? And BC is actually a good football team, uh, like you said. I think this is a tough, like, matchup for State. It, I think these teams are actually very similar. They have, um, well, I mean – before the quarterback got hurt. I mean, before Jacoby got hurt. I, and their quarterback now is still serviceable, but, like, yeah, they're yeah. wide receivers. They both pride themselves on running the ball. Defense is solid. So, it's kind of like a mirroring image. So, maybe maybe the over 52, that may be tight. I don't really have a lean to the over or under, but I can see this being a tight game. Um, but, no, speaking of state fair um, – Jaymont, you ever been to the State Fair? I know you're from Winston. You guys have like the the Dixie Classic or something like that, right? Yeah, so we have the Dixie Classic, um, and I have not been to the State Fair. Wow, I know, man, it's crazy. I'm it's actually I may go this weekend. It's great as a kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but like it, I mean, so I know some people that go like three times during the whole like two week event. That's insane. I, I, yeah, it's a, it's literally the same. I mean, it's the same thing every every year, and I'm not trusting the rides to be honest. So I'm there for the food, and <laughs> so I mean, the food is good. I'll, I'll give you that. And they usually have new food every single year, but I mean, it's expensive though. Yeah, I mean, it's a good time though, especially after last year since it wasn't here. So you know, it's funny. We used to go to the state for, or so I was like that kid whose parents got them out of school. Yeah, like yeah. during the week, like at like noon or whatever, half day to go to the state fair because then you mm -hmm. know you can ride like multiple rides at the same time. Where like the, the lines aren't as long, so forth, so forth. But like once you like get a little bit older, you kind of just like shift like less rides, more food. And so last year they actually okay, the fair didn't go on, but they they still served the food. So it was like a carpool line basically, and yeah, you yeah. like. It was actually in the state NC State tailgate lots, like off Trinity, uh, the fraternity lots and the student lots. So you pulled in there and it was like a maze, like a zigzag, like all the way like down to the bottom row. And when you got to a certain part, they gave you like a slip and you filled out what you wanted and you gave it back to them and then you paid and then you like pull up maybe like 10, 15 carlins and then they just give you this huge tray of food. And, you know, when you go to the fair, the fun thing is, eating something, walking around, doing something, eating again. Just yeah. it was like a tray of like corn, like a corn dog, a turkey leg, fried Oreos, like onion rings, French fries. Like everything, like how do I eat this all in like 10 minutes? 
What, what's your what's your go to go to food at the fair? So I'll say the actual go to food is definitely a turkey leg. Just because you can't get those everywhere. Like maybe like two or three places you go a year, you can find a turkey leg like that. So that's definitely my favorite. And then as a dessert, I'm like old school. Um, I'm going funnel cake, like the deep fried Snickers bars and Oreos and Reese cups and all that. It sounds good, but I mean, nothing beats a, a funnel cake. Yeah. Yeah. Funnel cake. Back. What are you putting on top of it though? Oh, just traditional, just powdered sugar. No fruit, no syrup, no chocolate, no nothing. No chocolate All yeah, well, Kayla oh. likes the chocolate on top, but, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. tr traditional with it. Same with me. And now I will say, if they have a little bit of cinnamon, I might put that little cinnamon. Yeah, that can to... ride. That can ride. Just nothing like gooey, sticky, you know. Yeah. Agreed. Are you guys going this year? No, we no, we can't make it this year. Weddings this weekend and doing something in Charlotte the week after, then hunting season starts. I don't I don't have time for the state fair. <laughs> so Brett, what's your go-to food? I'm a big fried Oreo guy, honestly. There's actually this one place on it's I can't remember what it's called, but they're actually like a restaurant, I think. And it's called like crack and cheese. And, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just fantastic. It's, like, barbecue and, like, mac and cheese together with, like, bacon. It's it's so good. I, I can't remember what the name of the place is, though, that serves it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a funnel cake guy, too. But usually I go fried Oreos just because you really can't get that usually during the season, except for at the fair. And so, yeah. I don't so, know if we're going this year. So, Brett, you'll like this. So, a couple of weeks ago – Whatever the fair like drops all the new stuff they're gonna have. Uh, yeah. I saw the link and I, I sent it. To, I sent it to my wife, and I was just scrolling. They have so Fat Boys Barbecue. You, you may have to go there. Like I don't know where it's located in North Carolina, but they have a dish called the Carolina Cowboy Roll. It's brisket, mac and cheese, and special spices rolled up into an egg roll and deep fried. That was right down your alley. I, I'm a big barbecue guy. Huge barbecue guy. They have hints why we're sponsored by Nauano Coastal Barbecue. Yes, yes, Nauano Coastal Barbecue. They they should honestly be at the state fair. Yeah. Give them boys a tent. <laughs> like like yeah. no menu. You just have to come get whatever they have like on the smoker, on the grill, or the the flat top for you. You know, get your tray. Market price is worth it. Say yeah. smoking, baby. All right, Jmont. We're not forgetting about you. So, what's your uh, go-to food? Add the Dixie um, Classic. Um, I kind of think you hit it right on the head as well. Um, definitely a turkey leg. I'm definitely going to give me a funnel cake. Um, it's just two other things that I, you know, have to have. Well, excuse me, one other thing that I have to have where I didn't go to the fair at all. And that's going to be a candy apple. And I'll be honest and say I'm not even eating it. Like, I'm going to give it away. But if I didn't get a candy apple, it just doesn't feel like I went to the fair. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I would prefer a candy apple over cotton candy like any day. And actually funny story about that. And, you know, one thing special on this problem, we break off into these little like side ditches like this. We go up down, like down in rabbit holes. My my rec league football coach growing up and he's my neighbor still lives up the street from me. He always said, you know, if you go to the state fair, you have to bring him back a candy apple. 
And as I got older, and obviously he's not my football coach anymore, I would go to the state fair and I would still bring Mr. Eddie back at Candy Apple. Like, if he's not home, I'd leave it on his porch with a note, like, from Mark. It's like, there's your Candy Apple. And, dude, I mean, this is stuff like that. Like, Candy Apples are so good. They are good. Uh, yeah, I might have to go to the fair this year. I don't think we were planning on it, but I might. If Haley doesn't want to go, I just might go by myself. <laughs> well, J-Mod, <laughs> definitely. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't know how you feel about COVID, but maybe like next year or the year after, make it to the state fair uh, here shortly, if not this year. Um, it's worth it. It's, it's an experience. Yeah, absolutely. If I don't, I don't think I'm going to get to make it this year. If I don't go this week and I have to see um, what my lady friend wants to do. But if not, um, I'm definitely, definitely going next year. Heck yeah. No, looking forward to hearing about your experiences. So uh, back to the locks, giving the people what they came for. Um, and also, if you guys have like NC State fair memories, favorite foods, favorite desserts, leave it in the comments. Five stars. We'll definitely I'll go over them uh, next week to see what kind of feedback we get. But um, I'm going to keep us or I guess take us back to the SEC from the ACC. Uh, we're not in Chestnut Hill anymore. So let's go. Uh, let's go to P-Tuck's uh, team, the dogs. So Georgia versus Kentucky. This is in Athens, correct? Yes. Okay, in Athens. Georgia's the favorite by 23. Although I do think that 23 is going to hit, what I like more in this game is the over. 44 and a half points for Kentucky, Georgia. I think Georgia may score like 42, like high 30s by themselves. So if I need Kentucky to spot me 10 points or so, I could see that game playing out. I think this number is pretty low for where, like, Georgia's bar has been all year. I mean, other than Clemson, I feel like whoever they've played, they've been able to call their number and get it pretty easily. And honestly, like, really just by running the ball, to be quite honest. Um, I kind of see Kentucky's defense, like, very similar to Auburn's. So, and Georgia threw up 34, and that was on the road at home. I could see – you know, a touchdown or two more, touchdown or field goal more paired together coming from this Bulldogs team. So I'm going to take Georgia, Kentucky over 44 and a half. And I'm going to give one more because I think I have a couple more picks than you guys. Um, Bama first half, you know, it missed last week, but it truly is a principal play because it's that good. Looking like 10 points this week. So my two plays, Kentucky, Georgia over 44 and a half, then Bama first half per usual. And also Georgia – or no, Bama first half is the pick for Nawano Coastal Barbecue Stay Smoking. Yeah, I, I, I like the picks. I mean, Georgia – I think, like you said, Georgia could score for you themselves, honestly. I think I think Kentucky's going to have a tough, tough time scoring against them, which, I mean, every team does against Georgia right now. But as long as they can get, like – maybe seven to seven to ten points or whatever and Georgia gets what thirty five or thirty six or whatever. I, yeah. I think we're good. Like I wonder if J I don't I'm assuming Stetson Bennett's playing again. I, I really don't know what's up with JT Daniel. I don't know how much longer he's out, but I think that is one thing to take into consideration as the season goes on. Like I understand the running the ball well and their defense is playing lights out, but Stetson Bennett, I don't think it's going to beat Alabama down the line or anything like that. I think I think they need JT and Daniel back. Well, JT still listening on the injury report, um, so I don't think that he's a go this week, at least not yet. So I, I believe it's Stetson Bennett show. 
I think that's a great pick there. Um, also, with it getting a little deeper into um, not only the season but conference play, Georgia is probably starting to see. Well, I know Kirby's starting to see that. Once we got the job done, you got to pull your boys out. So I can definitely see some garbage ball being played and Kentucky scoring late, maybe in the fourth or something like that. Yeah, I, I hope it plays out that way. All right, uh, Jaymont, you up? All right. Um, next we have Iowa. I'm going to take Iowa minus 11 and a half versus Purdue. Um, this is just purely off Iowa's covered in all but one game this season um they're coming off a big win last week um and look at their defense their defense leads the fbs with 16 interceptions um purdue uh, throws the ball pretty well they're they're averaging about 325 yards per game and just looking at that just doing math i'm thinking that's going to equal a lot of turnovers and um so far, Iowa has shown that they're definitely going to get some points off of those turnovers, if not a touchdown, at least a field goal. Um, and I think this 11 and a half is pretty low. You know, uh, Purdue, they've covered in their first two games this season. Their first two games, it was minus seven and minus 35 versus UConn, but they haven't covered in any other game. So I think oh, that UConn. continues to happen. For UConn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I definitely don't hate the play I mean their defense is just stout right now as long as they can score which I don't think they'll have a problem against Purdue even though that game I do think if Sean Clifford for Penn State didn't get hurt last week and I think they went that game by two touchdowns honestly so that was a little unfortunate for Penn State fans but I mean Iowa number two in the nation right now it's kind of kind of crazy I like about it, it. Iowa, I mean, shit, I mean, that's how, like, Maryland couldn't cover. <laughs> Iowa scored off of every damn turnover they got. <laughs> They're good at it. They count all the five interceptions. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I could. I don't know yeah. who Purdue's quarterback is, but I could see if he throws five interceptions, Iowa's probably scoring off three of them. That's 21 points. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, give or take, it's probably not going to be, like, 10 million interceptions. or It can be worse than Talia, but – no, Jamon, I like that. That 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 I that's a very good analysis, you know. And I try to read game shit. I mean, Iowa just—they're a turnover-creating machine. That defense is so good. I like that play. Yeah. I'm not hopping on it because the last time I hopped on someone's pick here, like on a whim, it didn't go well. But no, I'm rooting for you. I like that. All right, appreciate it. All right. Um, I hope I don't regret this, but. I'm taking Virginia Tech to cover five first pit. And this game is at VT, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Stadium. Oh, I think give me that atmosphere. You guys, heartbreaker last weekend again. Um, I know it kills you to lose to Notre Dame, probably. That probably that probably hurt a little bit. And I do apologize for that. But I I think I think you guys got at home. I think you can take care of this. Pitt is playing good ball with their tenth year quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Now, I mean, I feel like the dude's been there forever. But I like you guys at home to to cover this because I think I I would even take you guys probably outright to win this one. I just think you guys have had some unfortunate events lately. 
honestly, you probably should have came back and beat West Virginia too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like you guys here. So please don't screw this up. Yep. I'm with you, Brett. For every reason, say less. Virginia Tech had a three game homestand, Notre Dame, Pitt, Syracuse. I always, I always said, like to myself, they're going to win two out of the three of these, if not all three. They got the first loss out of the way in a tight game. Unfortunate loss. Lane Stadium was rocking too, but that's just bad for Pitt. This game open, opened at three points. It's already up to five. So we're getting two points in value. Give me every point I can get. I think Virginia Tech will get it done on the money line. Go Hokies plus five against Pitt at home. I'm with you, Brett. I'm with you. Nice. I also am a VT fan. Um, I'm Beamer ball all the way. I will say I don't I don't think I will put myself on the same level as you, Marcus, because of my like I I, I love too many other teams. You know, I, I just pay attention to too many other teams. But on this play, um, I actually like I like the over on this. The over is 58. I know it's kind of high, but Pitt is a perfect five and oh. Um, on the overs this year. And this is just something I'm trying. It's like kind of an unofficial play, but I'm going to try the over 58. All right, so you're not locking it up. That's just a personal play for you? Yes, yes, yes. Not locking it up, just a personal play. Gotcha. Uh, I'm looking at a couple sites right now. It looks like a couple have it at 57 and a half. So if you take it personally, it may get down to 57. You may want to take it again. Um, Just food for thought. Um, how many plays do you guys have left? I think I have two more. Yeah, I have two more. Yeah, same with myself. Okay, I have three on my card. I'm probably going to take one off, so let me go ahead and get one more. All right, you, you guys want to get, uh, like, just dirty? Sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm taking Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt plus 19 against South Carolina. South Carolina ain't good enough to lay 19 to anyone. <laughs> I don't care who it is. They're not good enough. You're talking about oh, a man. Vanderbilt team that almost lost to UConn. Yeah, but, I mean, yes, Brett, don't talk me out of it. I don't think he should. Don't, don't let him talk you no, out no, of you, it. You, I, you. I, want you I agree with you. Like Vanderbilt's losses. It, where's that at? Where, where's that? USC? Is that outside of Carolina? Yeah, it's in Columbia. No, I, hey, the, I don't want to talk you out to it because if, if it ends up covering you, you don't take it, you're going to be pissed. So you go ahead and do what you what you uh, first thought of, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it like this. South Carolina ain't good enough to lay 19 to anybody. They're two, the two times they got blown out this year, zero to 62 against Georgia and zero to 42 against Florida. <laughs> so when they play good football teams, they don't cover better yet. They usually don't score the ball. But South Carolina ain't a good football team. Like Vanderbilt can find some success. Even if I have to get a back door at 19, they, South Carolina ain't good enough to score no damn 30 points. I love the analysis of that. The South Carolina isn't good, you know, to cover. But I will just say I read something that has me off of that. But I don't want you not to take it. But I will tell you this if you want me to tell you what it is. 
Yeah, let's hear it. South Carolina is 26-4 all-time versus Van. Has won the last 12. The Gamecocks' last three wins have come by 24.7 points per game. So just with that right there, that kind of scares me. But I agree with you. South, this isn't the year that South Carolina is just 19 points. Um, it's still SEC. Just tread lightly. That's my advice. That, that, honestly, it's a toss-up. It could go either way. I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched either team, and that's for a reason. That's for a single reason. It's because they both suck. But, I mean, Vanderbilt can't score. It's just you, your problem is – yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing with fire right here. Yeah, but, you are. So what, what time's this kick? This kicks at 4 p.m. If 7.30 comes around and you get and you see that Vanderbilt beat South Carolina, would you be shocked? I, I would be shocked that they beat them. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very shocked that they beat them. I would be shocked that they scored. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I've said it. No, I'm not backing out. No, no. I ain't scared. Let's go. Let's go, Vandy. Vandy plus 19. Show them how bad South Carolina is. Dude, what, what do you think the money line odds on this are? Like plus like 2,500? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even have a guess. That's scary. Okay, no, I can't believe I just laid that. All right, uh, Jamon, take it, take us somewhere. All right, uh, my next one is going to be, even though the game last week was crazy, they still covered. I'm going to go back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma minus 14 versus TCU. Um, regardless if it's Rattler or Williams, I think that this is going to be a nice cover for them. Um, Rattler had a pretty good game last year versus TCU. I think he threw for about three 35, something like that. They won 33 or 14. Um, they do have major problems on defense. There's no doubt about that. You know, they give up a lot of big plays, and obviously, um, you know, they, they can get down quick. Um, I just don't see TCU being that team this year. Um, looking at their season, you know, they, they pushed the first game, didn't cover three games straight, and they covered last week versus Texas Tech. But I, I just got to roll with Oklahoma on this one, uh, especially after last week. You know, uh, the quarterbacks got some fire under their seat right now, both of them. And um, although this team is definitely going to be Caleb, how can it not? You know, they're, they're screaming his name and they're playing back at home. You know, how can you not give this to him? And I, I, I'm going to roll with him. I'm going to try. All right. Uh, so this game opened at 12. Best number, I can get you 13 and a half. You want that one? 13 and a half going up a little bit. I'll still take it, yeah. Going down a little bit in your favor. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had it at minus 14, correct. Yeah, I'll still take it. This is something that I'll I'll probably take it to maybe about 15, maybe 16. Uh, I wouldn't do it if it was 17 or more. All right. right. You got it, Oklahoma, laying 13 and a half. I got you a half a point. Brett, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not taking it, but I definitely like it. I think Caleb Williams adds a spark to that offense, especially he's – Rowler wasn't very mobile. I mean, he could get you the extra yards, but we saw what Williams can do. He can – I mean, he can fly. He can fly out run. And I think he's definitely given the spark that they need. 
like you said, though, their defense has a lot to be desired for. That that I mean, that's been the and they were supposed to come to this year be solid on defense and with Alex Grinch back another year as a defensive coordinator. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I definitely like the cover, but their defense is the thing that's probably the most concerning now moving forward. Absolutely. They got to get it together quick. All right. Yeah. I think y'all covered it from head to toe. Uh, Oklahoma's fire. No, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, getting by Texas, I think Texas is probably the second best team in the Big 12 right now. So, Getting past them, I don't really – I don't know a team they, – they already got past Kansas State, what they struggled with the past couple of years. So maybe maybe Bellum will be the deciding game playing Oklahoma State. That's probably going to be the main game. Oklahoma State team that is sneaky in the future right now, number 12 in the nation. But, I mean, other than that, I don't know who else is going to test them, to be honest. I agree with that. But I can see them. I, I honestly can see them losing to Oklahoma State, if not at least not covering, because if, obviously they're going to come, you know, guns blazing, ready to give it their all. Yeah, I agree. How many plays does everybody have yet left? I have two. Okay. I got two. I'm down to my last one. You right. one. Yep, Brett, give us one. Uh, I'm going to the Pac-12. Um, UCLA is underdog by two points against Washington. UCLA has, what? They're the underdog. Yeah. Oh, right. I got that right, right? Yeah. Now they're the underdog. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is a terrible Washington team right here, and I know UCLA hasn't been playing their best football lately. I, I think they they just lost to Arizona State last week, and I believe. But that's a solid Arizona State team. So I know UCLA has after their loss to Fresno State, which I believe is a good Fresno State team as well, even though I think they lost to Hawaii like last week or the week before. But this is Washington's team that lost to Montana the first game of the year. They got killed by Michigan. They haven't shown anything to show me that they should be favored in this game. So give me UCLA to cover this. UCLA plus the two. Damn, I'm with you. Holy hell, how's Washington the fake? You know, it, I'm looking at this. It opened up at one. UCLA's now plus two. 73% of the public is on UCLA. UCLA money line is 80% of the public bet. How? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. Does Vegas, does Vegas something, know something we don't? Dude, something's up. Something's up. I don't know. Like, is there, a, is there, like, a mass COVID outbreak for UCLA? Like, something has to be going on. I I, I like the find. I didn't see the – ooh. Yeah, no, Brett, I like the play. Thank you, thank you. Jamon, you got to play on this game? Um, I haven't looked into it, Um, but, like I said, I'm going to stick to what I said. I'm playing it. I'm definitely going to play it. He's going to have the parlay. Please don't come at us if he's going to hit. Oh, the parlay. No, no, no. I I won't be. I'll I'll try. You know, what you all are giving me are, you know, five or six picks anyway. So, you know, I mean, we're we're just going to shoot for the the star. (laughs) 
just need Trevor on here. Just fade him. Just take one pick out. <laughs> okay. All right. No, nice play, Brett. So I have two more. And this conference right here, we're going to we're going to the group. Good old group. Um, let's go to the Smurf turf in Boise. So Boise State's playing Air Force. When I look at this game, I kind of like just scrolling down, see, oh, man, Boise State minus four against Air Force. Of course, got to take this. And they're at home. And if you kind of look, Air Force is five and one on the season. Air Force only losses to Utah State, which is a four-point game, 45 to 49. Looking at Air Force's uh, point totals, they're scoring in the 30s most weeks. They even get, like, lose in the 45s. So that – um. The trouble option must be given a lot of people fits. But if there's one thing, the Boise State Broncos usually always, always, always play good on the Smurf turf. They got it done at BYU last week, which BYU was a top 10 team. The Boise State's playing really good football this year, like as a whole. Like some of their losses, you kind of just say, like, what the heck were they doing? Like they lost to Oklahoma State by one point. They lost to UCF. Boise State UCF week one was a crazy Thursday night game. Like, that game was insane, like, high scoring, going back and forth. There was a weather delay for, like, two and a half hours, and it was just very weird. And, I mean, BYU beat Utah State 27-3. to That beat Air Force. So, if I kind of, like, read who's playing better football, who's competing with the better teams, who's beating better teams, it's BYU at home on the Smurf turf against a team that Air Force lost to. I don't think four is enough points, so give me the Broncos at home. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, like, I think – I mean, going into – taking out BYU away was – I mean, that was a big shocker to me because BYU had been playing good ball. So, to go there, beat them, and then, like you said, Smurf turf, which I don't I don't get how people play on that, to be honest. <laughs> I, really, I don't know how they play on that. But, yeah, I mean, I like it. The only thing is, is the triple option can be hard to stop if you only have a week to do it. But, yeah, I, I like I like the pick. I agree with that as well, uh, especially coming off of a big win versus BYU. Um, and Boise has won the last, I believe, four games, and all of them have been by at least 10 points or more. So mm -hmm. I'm with you on that, Mark. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, uh, so I think we're all down to one pick. Jaymont, go ahead and take us somewhere. Give us your last lock. All right, so my last one, and this is something I actually contemplated taking off of my pick, but I actually – I reached out to two of my friends, and I want to give a super-duper shout-out to them, uh, Maude and Med. So just give a little shout-out. I know they're going to be listening to this later. Very happy. Oh, he shouted me out. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go to Cincinnati minus – 21 when I looked at it minus 21 versus UCF um this is something that Cincinnati I mean I don't think I've ever seen Cincinnati be this good or ranked this high um they're on a 23 game home win streak um I think that stays true last year they were ranked seventh when they played UCF um I believe it was minus four minus four and they only won by three they have to win to stay in the spot that they're in right now. A lot of people already don't believe that they should be there because of the teams that they've been playing. So not only do you have to win, you have to cover. 
um, especially at this time in the season. Um, this is just one of the things I'm going to try, but I'm, I'm definitely going to lock it in as, as one of my picks. I could see it. Cincinnati being number three in the polls, they've never been this high. They have to stay this high. They have to beat the living hell out of everyone. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, the whole – most of the uh, – not the whole media, because there are media members that I, like, listen to and I read stuff, and they praise Cincinnati. And, again, I think if you go undefeated, like, undefeated is undefeated. I don't really care where you do it. College football is a hard game. Like, these aren't pro athletes. These are college students bringing it every week, playing their best ball. So, I think they need style points. They don't really have anyone spectacular on their on their schedule unless SMU goes undefeated until them to meet the second to last week of the season. But they, they've taken care of business. They beat Notre Dame in South Bend. They took care of Indiana in Bloomington. And, I mean, they, they just need style points now. So, I, I don't see them taking their foot off the gas in any game. Yeah. I, I, it's unfortunate that uh, Indiana – because I mean that was supposed to be a big game preseason. It sucks for Cincinnati that Indiana turned out not being good that good this year. But like you said, what they need to do is they need to pretty much destroy every team the rest of the way in their schedule, and they know they need Notre Dame to keep on winning as well. And even if that happens, I still don't know if they're going to get in, which kind of sucks. But we'll have to see. I ultimately don't think they'll they'll end up getting in. Um, but just looking at their looking at the teams they played, they've covered in all but one game. And even in that game, it was a thirty-seven point spread, and they won by thirty-five. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I I'll have to take that twenty-one. Yeah, I don't hate it. All right, I guess I'll go ahead and do my last pick. So after a big win of beating Bama, I'm taking Texas A&M at Mizzou. They're uh, favored by nine. I'm taking them to cover the nine. This is a Mizzou team that can't stop anybody. And I think Marcus has gotten beat on them a couple, couple times in the year, at the beginning of the year. So this is a team that also gave up 62 to Tennessee a couple weeks ago. So I just – I like Texas A&M to keep on rolling after – beating Bama and just rolling and just put up a crap ton on um, on Mizzou. So, yeah, I, I just like Texas A&M in this spot. So hopefully they don't have a little hangover after last weekend, but I think they'll take care of business and cover here. Yep. I hope Missouri does not cover a game the rest of the season. I hope that Brett or our guest picker or myself, everyone in the world wins money on Missouri every week. If you saw what Tennessee did to them running the ball, it, I mean, they just bullied them. I think Texas A&M passed the talent on the O-line and in the backfield to do the same thing, maybe even worse than Tennessee did, although you don't really think it can get worse than how bad Tennessee beat them up on the line of scrimmage. I don't think nine's enough. I like to play Brett. Um, I kind of want to hop on it with you, but not we're not doing that anymore. So um, I think <laughs> I think that may be the lock of the week right there. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, I didn't play that. Well, it wasn't one of the picks I had, but it was definitely something I was looking at. Um, Mizzou crushed me last week. Absolutely crushed me. How do you not cover versus North Texas? You are an SEC team. What? I don't even know what conference North Texas plays in. 
and they couldn't cover that 19. So I'm with you on that. Texas A&M, you know, they're on a high right now. And that nine and a half is probably not enough. Yeah, or it's too low is what I mean. Yeah, I, I don't see this as a hangover spot either. Not against Missouri. <laughs> Poor Eli. <laughs> I mean, he still could be in Boone, although they, they had a bad loss last night. Yeah, they, they got destroyed. All right, guys, we're coming down the stretch. I have one more play. In s- similar to the Boise State game, it's kind of funny. We're sitting in the same conference in the Mountain West. I'm taking the Bulldogs of Fresno State. They're a three-point favorite against Wyoming. Beginning of the season, Fresno State, they were giving everybody hell. I mean, they, they shut out UConn 45-0. They almost beat Oregon, which some people say they probably should have beat Oregon. They did beat UCLA. I mean, they're just a cancer to the Pac-12. They're playing good against the best teams. They lost to Hawaii last week. But, I mean, whenever any team goes to Hawaii, is your head ever on straight? I mean, if not, like, I can't blame you. And what kind of scares me here, they're still on the road this week. They're in uh, Laramie, Wisconsin – or Laramie, Wyoming, excuse me, uh, going against a Wyoming team that just lost to Air Force, who – a Wyoming team that beat UConn 24-22. to 22. Just seems a little suspect to me. Opening week, Wyoming beat Montana State 19-6. to 6. Northern Illinois, not a good football team, 50 to 43. They just seem very vulnerable in Fresno State's offense. Their quarterback's pretty damn good, and when they're clicking, they're clicking. So I'm taking the Bulldogs right here, who've proven more this season. They've beaten better teams. They've competed more with better teams. And I think they can cover three. Money line play as well. Maybe they win by a touchdown. Maybe they win by 14. I don't know. But uh, eight times out of 10, I don't see them losing to, to uh, Wyoming, this Fresno State team, who who's looked very good in primetime spots uh, in the in big conferences. So uh, let's ride Bulldogs. Look at you going to the group of five back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, this week's slate kind of made you branch out a little bit more. Yeah, it did. I mean, there was – yeah, there, there was a couple of games like Texas, Oklahoma State that were interesting. That, but like there were some games where I think are going to be good. I just I couldn't think about touching it because I was scared too. I like that Fresno pick. Uh, what did you say the spread was at? Did you say minus three? Yep, three. Three. Um, I'm, I, I like that. Uh, I like that money line as well. I just read something here since 2012. Fresno was seven, seven of 11 games off of a bye. And they had a bye last week. So um, I'm going to rock with that one as well. Heck, yeah. No, I like it. You don't have a hell of a parlay this weekend. Dude, if this hits. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I always put them all in. And you see from time to time, each week, like even right now, I have like four 10-team parlays in. And I just put them in for a dollar. Sometimes they bring back maybe 100 or two. Sometimes they may bring back two, three thousand. Um, I'm just swinging for the fence. Even if I lose, I mean, it's a dollar. I'm not really, you know, too upset about it. But I'm definitely going to try these picks with some more personal ones that I have. Heck, yeah. No, no, this was a great episode. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Shamon, but you're not off the hook yet. So you are – and something I get asked for a lot is, like, 
hey, like, are you ever going to talk about NFL? Are you ever going to talk about NFL? I'm really not that great at betting NFL. And I, I know, like, we're NFL fans, but, like, betting, like, line-wise, the NFL is very volatile, like, in my eyes. And I think Brett has a similar outlook. So, Jamon, you are Mr. NFL. So, one request or two ask in one request. Let me know your thoughts about the Thursday night game, Bucks versus Eagles, and then give me one lock of the weekend for our NFL uh, fans. All right. So first and foremost, for the listeners out there, I want to make sure we clear this up. I am definitely not Mr. NFL because I lose often. So if you take this pick, I tell you, and you lose, please do not blame me. Make sure you blame Marcus for it. Um, but, I, but I definitely, you know, I, I love NFL as well. This game is really rough. You know, it's a, it's a huge injury report on both ends. Um, we know Tom's dealing with, I believe, a thumb, thumb issue on his throwing hand. Um, it's minus seven for the Bucks, and they are the over-under is at 53. I'm still going to take Tampa Bay because, I mean, how do you not take Tom in Tampa Bay? And usually minus seven, minus seven, Tom covers minus seven. Um, the over-under – there's really no telling here. It's it's at the Eagles, but I don't think Hurts has enough to to go against the GOAT. Yeah, their offense struggles in Philly, although they did just beat the Panthers, so yeah, who the hell knows? Yeah, that was a bad loss. Absolutely. And I'm sorry, it was one more thing. What what was the other the so, the request? Yep. I wanted your take on the Thursday night game and then just scroll through the NFL weekend and let me know a game that you're interested in and that you have a, a lean on. All right. Uh, so scrolling through off of my first glance, um, what I like here, I like the Bengals versus the Lions. The Lion, it says Cincinnati is minus three and a half, and I'm just looking on ESPN right now. Um, I know um, the Lions just lost a few people, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Cincy is pretty banged up as well, but I think they're they're on the rise. I don't think they're quite there yet, but they're on the rise. And at this point, you might as well tank Detroit and and hope for something good in the draft. Now they've played people great. Now I'm not gonna I'm not going to take that away from them. They've had some very good games that were close, yeah. but they're they're still winless. They've had some heartbreakers. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the the 66 yarder for Justin Tucker was a heartbreaker. The what was it? Was it last week? I think Minnesota last past week and they lost in a 17-19. Yeah, they lost on a game-winning field goal again. So they're playing well. They're just they're just having bad luck. Yes, they are. It's, it's really unfortunate for them right now. Yeah, I, I think Detroit's going to win a game this year. I don't know if it's going to be against my man Joe Burrow and the Bengals, though. I think the yeah. Bengals got, got a lot of – I mean, DeAndre Swift's been running that damn football, though. Yeah, he has been. Definitely. He's about the only person, him, and I think, I don't know if his name is, is it like Safer or something like that, the receiver that they have, but he just got placed on injury reserve because he has a uh, broken collarbone. So, you know, they're, they're pretty banged up right about now. Jesus. Yeah. No, that's not good. Um, no, awesome, dude. Great episode. Jay Monson, man. Thanks for coming on. Let's go ahead and recap. 
as always, we start with our guests. So Jordan Montgomery, he has five plays for us. Florida laying 11, Michigan State minus four and a half, Iowa minus 11 and a half, Oklahoma minus 13 and a half, and Cincy minus 21. Got all favorites there. And then his NFL take, again, he says he loses a lot of money, although his props hit. So, I mean, and go, Jamon, actually, go ahead and shout yourself. Go ahead, shout, shout yourself out on social media in case anyone wants to give you a follow about prop bets or anything on a, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Where can they follow you at? All right. So just like Marcus said, uh, my name is Jordan Montgomery. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, if anybody wants Instagram or Twitter, both the same, J underscore M-O-N-T-T. Um, I definitely follow um, sports pages, sports bettings, and love talking about sports. I'm definitely am a prop man this year. Um, it seems that I'm just looking at who's been cashing on the props, and I've, I've been taking them. Another person, just notable mention to give out there is Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller, in the last, like, 15 games, he's cashed on, like, 13 of his over-unders and yards. The dude's nice. a beast. Yeah. Man, uh, it's a, we're without a head coach now. Yeah, too bad I agree and can't yes. coach him anymore. But, no, awesome. Yep. So, uh, go ahead and follow uh, Jamon on his social media platforms. Even if you follow him on Snapchat, every now and then you'll get a go-ahead look at his prop bets. I know I look at that every week. So, his two NFL leans are Tampa Bay land seven that Tom just covers, touchdown spreads. And then Cincinnati against Detroit. They're the favorite by three and a half points. All right. And then we're taking it to my man, Brett. Brett, again, solid, solid, solid week last week, four and two, 20 and 16 on the season. His five plays this week, Arkansas laying four and a half, Boston College plus three against the NC State Wolfpack, Virginia Tech Hokies plus five against Pittsburgh, UCLA two-point underdog against Washington, and then Texas A&M a nine-point favorite this week. Myself, 25 and 19 on the season in locks. I'm taking Virginia Tech plus five, Vandy plus 19, Boise State minus four, or Fresno State minus three, Ole Miss laying two and a half going into, into Neyland Stadium, Tennessee Ole Miss under 82 and a half as well, Kentucky Georgia over 44 and a half, and then Bama first half minus 10. As always, Bama first half, just take it blindly. It didn't hit last week. If you listen to this show religiously, you understand Bama first half has not hit. I think that was the second time in almost two years. So it's pretty it solid really taking it. Yeah. And now on Coastal Barbecue, they're also locking up Bama first half minus 10. It may shift a little bit, whatever you can get it later in the week. So go ahead, get it now. It's most likely going to go up 11 and then 12. So if you can get it at 10 on a Wednesday, please do so. We usually record on Thursdays, but as we all know, life gets in the way. We try to accommodate, give you the best odds as possible. So as soon as this drops, go ahead, listen to it, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, leave a comment about your favorite NC State fair food, desserts, main courses, memories you have, anything you like to do. Yeah. All right, us, how are we feeling about this week? Uh, it's going to be a weird week, I think. I think it's got it. I think there's going to be 
it's not going to live up to probably last weekend. I think there's a lot of just last weekend was probably the best weekend of the year. So it's got a lot to live up to if it wants to live up to that. But I think there are some good solid games this weekend where we could have some close games as well. So I'm excited for it. I agree there. Definitely think it'll be um, kind of settled back down a little bit more this week. Um, and definitely want to give a shout out to both of you, Brett and Marcus. Thank you for allowing me to come on here just to talk a little sports with you, try to not only win some money together, but also for your listeners. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, I've been talking to my friends about this all week. And um, trust me, um, I will continue to send this out to, to my friends as well for them to listen. No, awesome. I mean, we have fun doing it. It's all about just having time, having a good time with good people. I mean, podcasting is not the hardest thing in the world, but if you can have a little bit of success and have fun doing it with your friends, you know, why not? And also thank you, J-Mont, for coming on. We, we loved having you. You were a great guest. I mean, you expanding our pod, telling people about it. Thank you to all our listeners, our future listeners. We just hope to keep getting bigger and better at the same time. But, you know, one person I couldn't do it with, I couldn't do it out, my co-host, Brett Galt. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Hey, Javon, thank, like, like Marcus said, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you on again. You, you definitely diagnosed a lot of good games tonight. So, yeah, I mean, thanks for coming on. And, hey, if if or if the parlays don't hit then or the props or whatever just don't hit, then we do apologize for that in advance. <laughs> It'll be all love, man. I, I know how this game goes, man. Everybody <laughs> says, oh, give me a lot, give me a lot, you know. I can give you what I like, but you, I want you to take it at your own risk. Exactly. Right. Well, proof on the show. We're all love. Um, Jamont, you can't do worse than Trevor. I don't think it's like, <laughs> numerically possible. But all right, guys, let's uh, let's see the chaos unfold again on on Saturday, and then uh, we'll chop it up next week. Sounds good. See all you guys right, later. Have a good one. Bye.